Hello, my name is George Scheibel, and I am a PhD student in the chemistry and biochemistry department, here to talk to you about an unusual area of science. I want to talk to you about aliens. So, what comes to mind when you think of the word alien? Do you think of a tall, thin, gray creature with a bald head and large, black, buggy eyes? Or maybe you think of one of the creatures from Star Wars or Star Trek. This might be because whenever the Millennium Falcon or the Enterprise traveled to a different planet, that planet seemed to always have some type of intelligent life thriving there. Unfortunately, the reality is that this is probably not true for nearly all the planets or moons we will eventually visit. But in the case where we find a planet or moon with the right conditions for life, what type of life might we expect to find? Well, to find out, let's take an imaginary trip to the nearest star to Earth known to have an Earth-like planet, the star known as Proxima Centura. To get there, we'll board a spaceship and travel the four-light-year journey to reach this star. Upon arrival, we'll park our spaceship on the surface of the Class M planet that is orbiting the star and jump out in our spacesuits to take a look. What do we see? Well, we might see something like this. An expanse of rock and water, but no apparent life. Of course, as trained astrobiologists, we know that we need to take a closer look. So we take a sample of water and we take it back to the ship to analyze under a microscope. As we probe the sample, we notice something. We see small cells wiggling around in the sample. Life the first known alien life form. Not exactly the way Hollywood portrays it, right? But this is the most likely outcome in the search for extraterrestrial life. So, when NASA sends a rover to Mars looking for life, they aren't trying to excavate Yoda's bones. Instead, they are looking for biosignatures, things such as methane, amino acids, and complex sugars. But why is NASA looking for these particular biosignatures? The reason is because of one planet, Earth, which happens to be the only known planet in the entire universe to harbor life. When a scientist searches for an answer to a problem, they will often use currently available data to inform this search. This is exactly what astrobiologists do when they search for evidence of life in our universe. They're using the life found on Earth as a model to search for life elsewhere. One of the reasons for this is that Earth happens to have many extreme environments that are similar to other environments in our solar system. This includes environments that are very acidic, very alkaline, very hot, very cold, very dry, and under literal tons of pressure, suggesting that life is capable of persisting in almost every environment found on Earth. You might notice that these environments, these are not environments you would typically find human life in, or even plant life, yet these places are teeming with life. The life that is thriving in these environments is largely microbial. These organisms we can't even see with our eyes. And because many environments on planets and moons in the universe are likely to be similar to these extremes, Microbes are really our best examples of extraterrestrial life. 
For this reason, my research on the evolution of complex life is focused around microbes. One of the questions I'm trying to answer is, how does complex microbial life evolve? Now, when I use the word complexity, I'm referring to the increase in size of an organism through number of cells and genetic material. When life evolved, it started with simple molecules interacting to form more complex molecules that were capable of some function. The complexity of these molecules continued to evolve until we had the first cell. As you can tell when you look outside, life did not remain single-celled. It continued to evolve into the organisms that we see today that are composed of many cells, such as trees, bugs, and humans. The evolution of life into more complex organisms is evident when we look at the tree of life. Our current view of the tree of life shows that eukaryotes, that's you, evolved out of the archaea, which are a small single-celled organism similar to bacteria. But it is highly unlikely that we will find life resembling eukaryotic life in the extreme environments of space. So we, that's why we don't use them to understand the evolution of complexity on other planets or moons. Fortunately, there are a handful of examples where complexity has evolved in other parts of the tree. Organisms that have achieved a higher level of complexity include cyanobacteria, cable bacteria, the predatory myxobacteria, and this guy. This is the organism I study, and it's called multicellular magnetotactic bacteria. This is a fairly large name for an organism, so let's look at each component and what it means. The first part of the name is multicellular, and this is because it is a bacterium that is composed of dozens of individual cells from the same species that grow in this symmetrical ball you see. The second part of the name is magnetotactic. This term is used to describe an organism's capability to sense magnetic fields. Just as birds are able to sense Earth's geomagnetic field for navigation, this organism can do the same by synthesizing these tiny compass needles inside of their cells that allow them to know what direction they want to swim. The last part of their name is bacteria, which merely refers to the domain of life from which they are from. So together, the name is multicellular magnetotactic bacteria, but we just call them MMB for short. The MMB I study are found in a salt marsh in New England. And to obtain the MMB, I simply go out into the field, scoop up a beaker of sediment, and place a magnet next to it for about 30 minutes. Over this time, the MMB will swim up out of the sediment towards the end of this magnet, thinking that this is the true north. As you can tell, the environment the MMB are found in is not as extreme as some of the ones I showed you earlier, but it is a briny environment that is potentially similar to the oceans found on Jupiter's moon, Europa. Because of this, we can study their composition and structure to better understand how multicellularity evolves in microbes. One of the major questions I'm trying to answer is if specialized cells exist within MMB. This is comparable to humans having specialized organs, such as our lungs, liver, and heart. Each of our organs is essential for our survival, 
and it is contributing a special function. So, we want to know if a similar condition exists in MMB, where one cell may be performing a different function than its neighboring cell to support the whole organism. We still do not know the answer, but this is an ongoing project that will use several approaches to attempt to answer this question. We are using techniques such as whole genome sequencing to analyze the genetic sequence of the organism, as well as microscopy techniques to analyze the structure and spectroscopy techniques to study its composition. If we find that MMB do in fact have specialized cells, they will be the most complex bacteria currently known to exist on Earth. The result from this project will help improve our understanding of the evolution of multicellularity in the domain of bacteria, one of the initial groups of organisms to populate early Earth. If extraterrestrial life was found in our solar system, it would likely be in the form of small microbe-like organisms due to their ability to persist in extreme environments. By studying the evolution of complexity in bacteria, such as MMB, we can better understand the evolutionary steps towards complexity. And this will help us know where and what to look for when we search for life in the universe.